This is KCLR's Bottom Line with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants, the Southeast's largest independent accountancy practice, www.onf.ie. Hello, good morning and welcome to The Bottom Line, the programme for and about business on KCLR. I'm John Purcell with you until 10 o'clock this morning. Thanks to Brian Redmond for the last two hours and another winner on Ireland's easiest quiz. It's getting easier, I think. This is the last edition of The Bottom Line for 2020 and what a tumultuous year it's been for business with COVID turning the world upside down and indeed continuing to turn the world upside down just in these last few days of Christmas. Believe it or not, through it all and in the midst of all sorts of challenges for everyone we've spoken to over 200 people about business on this program this week between this year I should say uh, between now and 10 o'clock we'll be looking back on what has been a year unlike any other and we'll be announcing the winner of a competition we ran with Carlo Local Enterprise Office where one lucky business who took part in the Business Box Initiative which has been running over the autumn winter period will receive a marketing campaign worth 4,000 euros on KCLR to kickstart their 2021 business activities. But first joining me on the line is Samantha McCochran, business editor of the Sunday Independent, who's joined us many times throughout the year. And now we're finishing off 2020, Samantha, with another lockdown in sight, it looks to be. Yeah, disappointing news for the uh, hospitality sector. So they were fairly optimistically going into um, December with the, a, a lift in the lockdown. And as you know, lots of restaurants and pubs were serving their food and having plenty of people in. But the numbers are obviously rising, the, the COVID numbers, and the indications are that there's going to be quite quickly uh, a lockdown. And this is obviously devastating news for those in the sector. They've had a very <laughs> bumpy year and mostly closed most of the year, unfortunately, and uh, it looks like the New Year's Eve is a big concern. Uh, they're saying it could be a super spreading event and it, how it's looking now is maybe the 28th we're going to see pubs and restaurants uh, shut down and um, that's, that's, that's very disappointing news for, for, for all those. It's uh, really difficult. Yeah, it's really difficult and it makes it so difficult. It's difficult for the government. It's difficult for everybody in business. It really highlights what a difficult year it's been. Uh, absolutely, because... Um, uh, New Year's Eve and this period is always super busy, as you know. Like, I mean, if you've been in a restaurant in the last couple of weeks, you'll have seen that they definitely are on a much lower capacity. So they're delighted to be open, but it's nothing like the kind of business that they'd normally have. Most places are very kind of spaciously laid out. There's lots of gaps between tables. So they're they're already, even though they're open, they're operating at a fraction of what they would have done normally. But, you know, even at that, it is a time when people, even if they do go to a restaurant or a bar, they are kind of, you know, ordering the extra treats and you've got some kind of higher end uh, items being ordered. So they, they they will have invested a huge amount in um, pre-ordering food and stock and alcohol. We saw uh, during the, the summer the amount of alcohol that went to waste because once the keg is opened and all this, we've learned all these <laughs> facts about alcohol, how long beer can last, etc. So if we're heading into another lockdown, you know, potentially for weeks, I think the North is going into a six-week lockdown, so I don't know, we have no details here yet, but if it is something like that, it's going to be devastating for those 
businesses um, who've already, as we, as we were saying, had the, the worst of years already. Yeah, and some pubs, the so-called wet pubs, and I don't think people like that um, uh, description, but they've only been open for something like three weeks since uh, March, and, and wet pubs in Dublin haven't been open at all. Insurance is going to be a big issue, probably yeah. a disputatious one in the new year. Yeah, so there was a big case um, uh, a few weeks ago that wound up from, you know, four sample pubs sort of took a case, or four pub groups took a case against FBD, the insurer, because they're claiming, you know, that their policies clearly covered them for a pandemic if the government shut them down due to a disease. But the pub, the, 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 the the insurers are saying this is not what was envisaged in the in the policies. Obviously, the the, the courts are deciding on this, and I mean, obviously, the the, the stories that came from that were, were very tough. On we heard just how tough business had been, given that they were shut down, and that, as you say, some types of pubs never have had a chance to open. So that um, decision is due in the new year, and I think that's going to affect um, you know thousands of pubs around the country. So I think. Uh, That'll be an interesting one. But I think what they're really ultimately looking forward to is just sometime next year, and it'll probably be related to a vaccine when they can reopen because it is this, you know, <laughs> a roller coaster. You know, we get the numbers down, there's a hope of opening, and very quickly it's shutting down again. So it's been absolutely impossible to plan, to execute your business operations at all. It will have to be down the line unless, you know, this vaccine comes through. It'll be, it'll be some time before they can really... Yeah, but many, uh, I suppose hospitality, one of the most extreme versions, but other businesses have have managed to pivot. That's one of the big words uh, of of the year. Uh, and I suppose medical companies, one area that, that's doing well. What's kind of caught your eye over the last year? Yeah, like, I mean, I suppose um, on an international kind of stage, the tech, some of the tech companies have just done so well. And it has sort of um, nearly divided further, you know, the modern tech future facing companies versus some of the traditional companies uh, and sectors. So, like, the likes of Netflix has just been incredibly successful. A newcomer, Disney Plus, I mean, they've absolutely, like, rocked it this year. They've had something like, you know, gone from zero to, you know, 70, 80 million subscribers. They've, like, their ambitions now are just massive because people, as you know, had nothing else to entertain them, only streaming events. So that's that's been successful. Obviously, you have the likes of Zoom. I mean, who, I certainly had never heard in January, February, had never heard of Zoom. Now it's like part of my, sometimes to my disappointment, it's part of my day, hours and hours of, of Zooming. Um, so so those companies will have done really, really well. But, like, some, some companies... Um, I know retail is another sector, along with hospitality, that's been just really shaken by this very seriously. Uh, you'll have, on one extreme, Amazon, another tech company disruptor, which is just, like, flying. It's taken on tens of thousands of workers internationally. It's expanding its operations in Ireland. Um, that will have done hugely well. But there are some some small retailers, and they probably won't in most cases have made up for the losses they've made but they have done as you say a pivot suddenly become really clever at online sales and one positive is that there is a kind of a local Ireland a local message that just seems to genuinely been getting through to consumers and you know a lot of Chris Kindles and all that are saying look buy Irish this year um, I know myself some Irish brands that I would have always kind of looked for online are now online and, I, and, and delivering and some of them are doing a great job great job in social media etc so that's positive too Absolutely and, and I have to say presenting this programme the upsurge in support for buying local and so on is absolutely tremendous one word we haven't mentioned so far and it loomed very large at the start of the year and it's looming pretty large but it's slightly been obscured by all the COVID talk is Brexit. We're like 
two weeks, a week and a half away from hardest of hard Brexits, potentially. Yeah, like it's a strange one, as you say. I mean, January, February, this was kind of Brexit. It was like kind of the columns are full of it now. They're not so much, but it is going to hit fairly hard in some areas. And I think some of the uh, tangible effects, we won't really, we will feel them very much so in January, but there's kind of a, (laughs) I don't know if people are just parking that at the moment because we've had such a tough year. But look, there are definitely going to be um, issues for business. There are definitely going to be, particularly the food industry. um, That's something that's going to play out over the next year. And I think consumers probably don't even realise there's going to be an effect in January. We just don't know just how bad it's going to be. Um, I think one of the somebody was just remarking to me recently that while we kind of assume all our European supplies and all our European food will come in no problem um, the reality is a lot of that food comes in via either the land bridge which is I travelling across the UK or there, there's British Irish distribution deals going back decades because that's always been we've always been lumped in together with them so something might be coming from Germany but because it's a UK a UK Ireland distribution deal we may have just trouble getting it here there may be delays and there may be costs so look that's just one side of, of of, of the Brexit issue. There's, there's going to be multiple effects. And I do think it's going to be tough. And but so, and some businesses I have spoken to said, look, we're over COVID now. Brexit is our worry. But then on the flip side of that, I think because uh, businesses have survived such a difficult year that they kind of feel that they, you know, they can, they can survive anything. Now, maybe not everyone feels that way, but I think they've shown how tenacious they can be. I think some companies probably won't survive next year, but it'll probably be a combination of COVID and Brexit. An interesting year to be a a business journalist. Um, Do you think we'll still be talking about COVID this time next year, Samantha, when when I hopefully have you on to look back? If that's not a terrible question. I really hope not, but I do think... um, like uh, there has been some artificial support basically this year as you know loads of like I think something like almost 6 in 10 companies according to the CSO took some kind of COVID support so that's a massive impact on the Irish economy so like the fact that loads of companies took up um, government support means that when they they're taken away next year or when landlords start saying look COVID's over I need that money there will actually be unfortunately a lot of companies will have to face the music at that point and they're not some of them are not going to be viable and not going to be sustainable so one of the predictions for next year is that there's going to be an awful lot of liquidation kind of back to uh, the crash levels so look, that's going to just have to work its way through the system but hopefully you know we'll deal with that and then there is some signs that the Irish economy is better placed than some of the others uh, in Europe to, to, to recover and fingers crossed we will get back on that path uh, you know in the second half of, of 2021 Thank you very much Samantha that's all we've got time for but thank you uh, for all your insights over the last uh, year on the bottom line and I hope you have a happy peaceful and uh, healthy Christmas thank you very much thank Samantha you. Okay that's Samantha McCochran uh, business editor for the Sunday Independent joining us uh, to give her look back at 2020. The Bottom Line on KCLR with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants, the Southeast's largest independent accountancy practice, www.onf.ie. The heart of two counties. Casey Lord, John Purcell, it's just 21 and a half minutes after nine o'clock. We're with you until 10. The bottom line, the programme for and about business, we're kind of looking back over the last year in business and actually looking back over the last 200 years, if you don't mind. Uh, Carrick Macross Lace, uh, that well-known staple of Irish fashion, is over 200 years old and uh, a local award-winning lace maker who's based in Tullow, Mary O'Neill, has recently brought out a book called Carrick Macross Lace, the Lace 
lace with a twist, which is a step-by-step guide, workbook and showcase of the art of lace. And to find out more about the book and Mary's work, check out thelacegallery.com. Might even make a lovely Christmas present to support local. Now, a man we've had on the programme many times over the last year has been Tom Malloy, former group business editor with INM and uh, worked with Bloomberg and now uh, Director of Communications for Trinity College. Good morning, Tom. Good morning, John. Yeah, 2020, a year unlike any other. What do you reckon? Was it just a blip or um, will we see more of these tumultuous years ahead or are they such a bad thing? Well, I, 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 I think we will see more of these kind of years ahead. I, I think it, it, it wasn't a blip. And, and, and what makes me think that is that I, I think we're in a similar position to, to the Victorian period um, where where most countries, and all countries, in fact, were on the gold standard, where, where there was no flexibility to devalue your currency. And in the 70s, in the 80s, it was, it was quite easy for countries to, to devalue and, and to try and sort out their economic problems that way. But now we're back to that kind of gold, stand situa- gold standard situation where we only really have about three currencies in the world, uh, the euro, uh, the dollar, and the yen. And that means that governments have very little monetary wiggle room to, to get out of um, economic shocks. But if you, if you look back to the Victorian time, Times. And if you can study the, the, the history, the economic history, or financial history of that time, you'll see that people were forever going bust. Companies, very good companies, were often going to the wall, and, and but they would recover very quickly as well. And and the big picture about, I suppose, Victorian Britain or, or, or Wilhelmine Germany is it was a period of long, sustained growth. If you look at it in over a long-term period. If you, if you look at it over a 50, 60-year period, it's, it's one of the great periods of industry in, in, in history. And I think we're in a similar uh, situation. I think when people look back from, from say, the 1950s onwards, they're going to say, this was an extraordinarily inventive period. They're going to wish that they lived at this time. But of course, like all exciting times, when you're close up, it, it can feel very bewildering. It can feel very confusing. And, and in the last 10 years, we've had two, two very serious recessions. Uh, we have massive debt. We have all kinds of things that are very difficult, very unsustainable. Uh, we have um, kind of pollution problems again, just like the Victorians. You know, if you, if you introduce a load of new technologies, you are going to get pollution, and that's that's unfortunately what's happened to us. But but they were inventive, they were energetic, and they found they found ways out of it. And I, I, I suspect we will as well. Yeah, it's a difficult but, uh, one. I'm um, trying to balance covering all the challenges and people are losing jobs and businesses are very challenged as we've been hearing on our news and you know another lockdown looming and that really hitting hospitality very hard and at the same time trying to cover uh, signs of hopeless hopefulness uh, and so on do you think that this um dip that we're currently kind of facing into is going to be long-lived or will the economy bounce back quickly in 2021 I, I, I think it will be like like it is after most other recessions. And, you know, we are in a recession, just to be clear. It's amazing to me that people don't don't often seem to accept that. Um, it, it will bounce back, but it will bounce back in different to a different shape. It won't return to, to how it to how it was. Uh, you know, if I think of Kenny Carlo, it seems to me that, that that there will be, unfortunately, difficulties for the hospitality sector for quite a long time to come. That, that patterns will actually change kind of significantly. But it seems to me equally clear that a lot of people 
are going to want to live outside of the big cities in future. And that a place like um, Kilkenny, which I'm familiar with from my days in the Kilkenny people, it, you, you know, is really well positioned to, to bring a lot of not just people, but, but industry and businesses and so on to the city. And I, I, I think because Kilkenny has been so well managed over the years and, and it's such an attractive place to live, that it has a, you know, potential to be a much bigger uh, city mm. in 10 years' time than it is today. And in the midst, Tom, of all the of all the tough news and so on, a few things to be actually positive about. There was something we were talking about off air. Uh, the UN Development Index uh, was published, I think, in the last week. Didn't get a huge amount of coverage, but Ireland kind of coming out of it well, and, and maybe a time to pause and put things into context about, about even though how tough it is, um, that there are reasons to be cheerful about living in Ireland. Well, yes. Yeah. I mean, since 1990, the UN has tried to uh, rank countries in terms of... And when they say development, what they mean is um, kind of a mixture of quality of life, sustainable economics, and so on. And, and Ireland came second in the world. This, this came out yesterday um, after Norway and, and ranked second with, with Switzerland, so above countries like uh, Germany and Sweden and so on. It is, it is a rather uh, extraordinary ranking. Um, and again, the big picture is, if you look at this since 1990, where we were down at around 30, 35, and, and ranked with countries you know, like Slovenia, uh, you know, we, we, no country has, has uh, it, according to the statistics, really advanced more quickly than we have. Mm. Um, uh, and I suppose... It, it's a fantastic piece of news. And I, I do think we should concentrate on this kind of thing a bit more. I know we were all burnt during the Celtic Tiger, and I was a journalist then, and, and I, I, I sometimes hated seeing these stories because they didn't didn't ring true. But even our response to COVID, you know, of course everybody can caveat and, and think this was badly done and that was badly done. But we take it for granted now that our government will have a credible and sensible response. 25 years ago, that was not something you could take for granted. 25 years ago, as a country, we just didn't seem to be able to cope with complex things. You know, we... we our response is, is much better, I would have said, than the UK's, for instance. Yeah. Again, 25 years ago, one looked to the UK for inspiration. You know, one might not have liked the country, but one knew that they did certain things well. It's the other way around now. Yeah. Uh, and good news even on the environment. Um, we were talking also about, like, progress has been made in, in say, plugging the hole in the ozone layer. Um, and uh, some very interesting news you were telling me about solid-state batteries, which could revolutionise electric cars. Well, again, I, 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 yeah, Volkswagen have said that they're four four years away from uh, selling commercially solid-state batteries, which would allow a 1,000-kilometer drive on a 15-minute charge. It, it does seem to me that these are the kind of game-changing uh, things that, uh, or discoveries that, that really could make a huge impact on, on um, the environment. And, of course, cars are only about 8 or 9% of what's happening to the environment and there will have to be similar discoveries elsewhere but it does show the you know the capacity of, of human beings uh, and of industry and of business of course to 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 find solutions and uh, you know it seems to me it's very interesting that that and hasn't really been thought about enough that the the solution or the cure to to covert the the biotech Pfizer vaccine is is a development of, of small industry really you know it's a sm- very small biotech company 
yeah. belonging to two, to two kind of economic migrants in Germany who, who seem to have worked out what to do for, for Europe. Um, you know, it's, it's incredible how ingenious industry can be and how, how it does uh, not only challenge the environment and not only challenge many things, but it also offers us uh, solutions. Yeah, and so as, as we come to the end of 2020, a year unlike anything any of us, I think, have ever experienced, and and people finding it really tough, as I as I've said already, and particularly people locally in Carlock Kenny in in hospitality and so on. You feel that if we take the long view, we're we're coping reasonably well, uh, and all is not lost. We will get through it all, and we will keep going onwards and upwards, as I say. Yes, I do. Yeah, I think that's that is. Uh, um, uh, these are these are these are massively painful years for for most of us, or in this case for pretty much everybody. But um, but there's no reason to despair. These are not self-inflicted uh, crises. It's not the result of economic mismanagement, like some of our crises, like the 1980s in Ireland, for instance. And uh, and we we have managed to to find. Um, uh, at least the, the the likely solution to to this particular crisis, and I think we will continue to do so. But we'll continue to take two steps forward, one step back, and that's that's very bewildering and very difficult at times. Okay, Tom. Well, look, that's a, a good positive uh, note on which to end. Um, thank you for all your contributions uh, during the last year, and we look forward uh, to catching up with you again in 2021. And in the meantime, as I've said to everyone, all the best uh, to you and yours for uh, Christmas and the new year, and have a happy, safe and peaceful one. Thank you very much, John. Yeah, and we'll talk to you again in the new year. That was uh, Tom Malloy, who's uh, Director of Communications for Trinity College Dublin, telling us about his take, always a very thoughtful take, on uh, where Ireland society and business is at the end of this very tumultuous year. The Bottom Line on KCLR with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants. Now offering a complete life and pensions advisory service to business. www.omf.ie You're very welcome back. You're listening to The Bottom Line, the programme for and about business on KCLR. I'm John Purcell with you until 10 o'clock this morning. Now, this is the last Bottom Line of 2020 and what an eventful year it's been. I remember our next guest joining me on the line shortly before before St. Patrick's Day back in March when the country was on the verge of lockdown and we were in totally unprecedented waters. She's the founder of the Arboretum Lifestyle and Garden Centre in Lachlan Bridge. She's a director of Board Bia and numerous awards under her belt for her entrepreneurship and retail skill. Rachel Doyle, good morning to you. Good morning, John. How are you? I, I remember um, our conversation back in March. We were really on the verge of unprecedented times back then. What are your recollections of the start of COVID? Um, I certainly never thought it was going to go on for so long. And I'm glad I didn't because, uh, uh, I, I, I mean, it's, it's just unprecedented. And none of us dreamt it could be. We, we would be still dealing with it at Christmas uh, as we are. But I suppose, uh, I, I think that, you know, we've all, there, there's, I'm always trying to look on the positive side of things, John, and I think that that's, there has been a whole lot of positives out of it. Um, one of them is, I think, that family has become such an important, integral part of life. And 
for a lot of us, that was maybe, oh, I was so, so busy. We've actually had time to smell the roses during this whole lockdown. And I know that doesn't pay the bills, but it is also an important part of life. And I think that a lot of us will probably think, do you know that I don't have to drive to Dublin to a meeting twice a week and I can do it from Zoom or whatever platform is being used. So I think there's, there's, those are some of the, 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 the pluses, but then there's been a whole lot of, a whole lot of challenges as well. Yeah, and I remember when we spoke back in March, um, I was asking you for some positive tips and you were speaking very enthusiastically about the calming impact and indeed the positivity of plant life. And that, of course, is what you've built your business on. How has business been in this most difficult of years? Um, it's, uh, it, it's, it's just in, it's been an incredible roller coaster. I suppose, number one, you know, plants are, are my life. And I think people during the first lockdown, it was in the middle of the planting season and people bought plants because they gave them so much, uh, uh, I suppose, joy of doing their gardens. And and there's a whole new cohort of gardeners out there now. And I I, I always said there would be and there is. And they're they're now people have said to me, I've got that bug that you have, uh, that bug of being plant mad. And, And that's really positive. And even coming up to Christmas now, we're seeing, seeing the sales of our plants going through the roof. I know the winter has been mild and it's been kind to us in that, but people are now de- de- decorating their houses. They're decorating the front door and the back door and all the rest. So people have really bought into the, the fact of nature and the great, the great effect that that can have on all of us. And there's no doubt, you know, you know John, I say... Plants are oxygen machines that convert carbon dioxide to oxygen and that we should be all embracing them in our homes and outside in the garden. Uh, you mentioned that plants are your life, but business is a huge part of your life and you've been recognised by the Ernst & Young Entrepreneur of the Year. Uh, you're a former nominee. You were a former president of the World Association of Garden Centres. How do you think business in general has been coping, Rachel? Uh, with difficulty, but you know, there's nothing like and, and 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 my son Fergal is on the international board now, so I still have uh, contact with people from all over the world, and we're actually all in the same boat. And people are coping, and people are are finding are being innovative. And one of the things that we done was we had. I'm I'm not an online shopper. I've never bought anything online, but uh, our online was was the lifeblood of the business, and it kept. 40 people employed all during lockdown and that was phenomenal and we sent we sent plants to Letterkenny in Donegal to Uttarard in Galway to Killarney to Cork Kerry Clare was really a very good county to us so we, we would never have embraced that sort of a challenge had it not been we were forced into doing it or let everybody go yeah, necessity, the mother of invention. As well of, of, of your life in plants, um, Rachel, you are, of course, a director of Board Bia, which um, yes. presides over perhaps Ireland's largest uh, single industry, the food industry. Uh, Brexit, yes. just a couple of um, days days away, even at this stage. How do you think we're prepared? Like, have Board Bia been looking at this for quite a while now? Board Bia are an organisation that I have the ultimate uh, respect for 
Uh, Tara McCarthy, the CEO, is the most amazing woman I've ever met. And all through through this lockdown, Borbia have been, there's a Brexit barometer which is testing the the water on on everything. And that is working really, really well. Uh, I think it's, I, I could be wrong, but I think it's 17 offices opened up all around the world from Russia to Shanghai to Hong Kong, several others in, in China. So we are exporting beef now to China. So Borbia are ahead of the curve because so much of, I think it was something like 70% of our beef, something like that was being sent to the UK. So Borbia had to look at where they, they would get that uh, food into uh, and uh, for, for, uh, for the future, and that's what they've actually done. And they've done it. Borbia has been amazing on the food, to drink, and horticulture. All the sector that embraces the umbrella of Borbia, they have been amazing. And I think that nobody could ever criticise the work they have phenomenal work they have been doing. Finally, uh, Rachel, uh, I get the sense that despite everything, you're looking ahead positively to 2021. Absolutely. Uh, you know, um, they, the last quarter from the Retail Excellence Ireland, the last, the, 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 the last, the third quarter of this year, uh, retail has up 4.7%. And I think that's encouraging. And that's really, uh, that is what we need to we need to look to and we need to look to spring is coming the bulbs are coming life is coming going to be back in the soil in a few months time and we can look to to growth in the industry and everybody staying safe and everybody being kind to one another and appreciating what we have and we will have a good 2021 Thank you very much, Rachel. That's Rachel Doyle uh, from the Arboretum Lifestyle and Garden Centre in Lachlan Bridge and a great positive woman and uh, a woman who's recognised for her contribution well beyond uh, Lachlan Bridge. I'm joined on the line by Kieran Comfort, who's Head of Economic Development and Enterprise at Carlow Local Enterprise Office. Kieran, uh, a busy year for you and all at Carlow Local Enterprise Office, unlike any other. Yeah, no. Listen, it's been a it's been a challenging year for everybody, and I think, as Rachel just said, it's it's really about uh, it's been really about delivering in a very different way, and from helping companies to pivot online to looking at sustainability to the challenges around COVID, challenges around Brexit. Uh, we've had to change completely how we work and support the business community in County Carlow in a very different way. Yeah, and uh, we're always uh, smiling here in uh, the bottom line office when we're hearing about pivoting and and you know all the changes. But I mean, local enterprise offices and and the way you've delivered uh, your supports has totally changed zoom training courses and so on and you've been helping scores of businesses get online yeah i think it's been a tenfold uh, tenfold delivery this year in the context of a normal year um obviously our services went online in domain uh, we were very lucky with the support of the it department and carol county council to be able to do that quite easily uh, our staff then went for working remotely our client meeting went remotely but i think the main thing uh, as always the client is at the center of what we do uh, and it was just a question of really delivering in a different way and over two and a half thousand people have done training since COVID kicked in we've had over a thousand meetings since then with various 
business people. Uh, we've had a bumper year in the context of grants. Even the one thing we found is some people have taken the opportunity to look at their business in a different way, and obviously that requires a different support package as well. So the whole thing of pivoting our services is one thing, but it's all about the business community at heart. And obviously, people went through that evolution of emotions, feelings, and uh, and requirements as the year went on. Yeah, and a very dynamic situation with uh, lockdowns and changes in phases and and new uh, different packages of um, supports been issued and hopefully more supports particularly for people in hospitality and so on but you're challenged by the government then to to deliver these supports uh, very quickly so presumably there might be an announcement on Friday and you've people on to you on the Monday. Yeah, no, and that's, that's been part of it. It's been a feature of the year, and I suppose our role is to have accurate information, up-to-date information, and we've delivered that through webinars, through uh, online mentoring and other courses. And like the main thing, whether it be Brexit, whether it be COVID, it's to keep our staff briefed and to keep them up-to-date with government message, government support, and explaining them. And as you said, they came out of pace, and uh, it was really important that our team, when people picked up the phone at the other end of the line, there was someone there, friendly voice who listened to their challenges, listened to their opportunities, and also explained those government schemes in a simple way or signpost them to other government agencies because it's not just us delivering those services. Yeah, now... um the business box is one initiative that we here in KCLR have been delighted uh, to be involved with uh, Carlo Local Enterprise Office. Tell listeners about that and what's been involved over the last, I think, nearly two months. Yeah, well, we during the year we had to change all our training programs and initiatives. And one of the things we taught a lot of businesses were challenged around is uh, their marketing budgets were quite decreased. They were looking at new ways of working with the media and also doing online marketing in a cost-effective way, and also to know how to do smart investment. So the business box was a series of speakers and seminars from experts, and we kicked off with yourself, uh, and then basically through a series of events that basically people learned how to use the tools uh, from a packaging viewpoint, value putting it all together. So whether you needed to pivot online in the context of the online space, whether you need to use a medium more, whether you need to present in virtual exhibitions, uh, there was a package there for everybody. So over 130 companies uh, participated in that programme over the last two months, as you said. Yeah, and it, because it is very, I think people realise now it's really important to promote your business because people aren't walking down streets as much or just browsing around. So people need to get out there uh, and promote. People are, uh, there's a newfound awareness, I think, of the need to promote people. All progressive businesses have done it for a long time, but I think there's a wider appreciation now. Yeah, and I think the other thing is it's very much about storytelling and content. It's about uh, telling your story in a very different way. So if you look at, in Carlo, we had to pivot our Christmas programme online, and we'd be quite concerned when we did that, because previously it was turning on lights and other footfall as associated activities. And as we're sitting here today, like 75,500 people have engaged with online content in three weeks. And that's been everything from messages from Santa to messages from retailers. But people have to know, A, how to create that content, but B, how to reach their customer in a very different way, because you're not seeing that face-to-face reaction. So it's really important to create content that really engages the customer, but also entices them to buy, whether it be click and collect, whether it be drop down to the store on an appointment basis, or whether it be drop down uh, to the current stores where they are. Yeah, and so we put up a, a price, a prize jointly of a massive 4,000 marketing spend on uh, on KCLR with yourselves. So just tell us what you were looking for when, when um, considering all the dozens and dozens of businesses who put their names in the hat. 
Yeah, I suppose what we were looking for is a, a combination of the story of the business. So we asked them a couple of questions. One is about the story of their business. Secondly is how would they use the opportunity? Because uh, really what was really important here is we picked the right company for the right opportunity at the right time. And radio has been a fantastic medium over the years to promote businesses. So we wanted to marry the two things together. So one business that was looking for telling their consumer story in a very different way and also who had learned from the tools of it so it fitted into an overall picture. Because radio is just one piece of a jigsaw puzzle in the context of radio online print and, uh, and press and PR media. So as I said, we, we were looking for that. We asked them to do a short pitch. Those pitches were assessed and basically we selected the winner from that. Yeah, and coming up after the break, we're going to be announcing uh, the winner of the Business Box Initiative, which we undertook with Carlo Local Enterprise Office. Don't go away. Stay on the line, Karen, and we'll be back with the winner just after these. The Bottom Line on KCLR with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants, offering a broad range of business and advisory services to businesses large and small across the southeast. The heart of two counties. KCLR. John Purcell with you until 10 o'clock on the bottom line, the programme for and about business. It's just coming up to eight minutes away from 10. I'm joined on the line by Kieran Comfort, Head of Economic Development and Enterprise at Carlow Local Enterprise Office. Kieran, we were talking before the break about the business box, the competition that we had for €4,000 worth of advertising in the new year on KCLR, which is a good kickstart for any business in these uncertain times. Tell us about what you were looking for and I suppose uh, tell us who you chose in the end and why. Yeah, as I said, uh, we were looking for somebody who really uh, a participated in the programme but also uh, as part of the programme learned how to pitch uh, a really unique idea in point of view of how they'd use the advertising package. And delighted down the south of the county, down in Bagnestown, Furniture and Design from Bagnestown were the winners uh, of the competition selected by the panel uh, to avail of that €4,000 by association with yourselves and part of the council's local enterprise office. And I'm delighted with the wonder, wonders of technology and the wonders of how I've learned over the past year to press all the buttons to be joined on the line by Teresa Brennan from per- Furniture and Design. Good news, Teresa. Oh, absolutely fantastic news, John. I was so excited when I got that phone call yesterday morning from Kieran. I was delighted. Absolutely delighted. <laughs> yeah, it'll mean a lot to your business. 2020's been a tough all year. It has, yeah. And it would mean a lot to us because we, we are familiar, of course, with advertising with yourselves in there. But we weren't able uh, this year. But I'm really looking forward to working with KCLR again. And I want to thank Kieran uh, and everyone there in the Enterprise Board. Kieran, Darren, Anya, everyone who worked so closely with me during the first lockdown. They were unbelievably helpful, helping us uh with the online voucher when we were doing the courses and then I had um, a mentor as well given to me, Eileen McCabe and I found her absolutely fantastic helping me with the digital marketing, marketing side of the business. Uh, Kieran, uh, Teresa, a good example of a, of a local business that we're doing very well in, in a conventional sense before COVID smashed into all our lives uh, and who's, who's responding to the challenge and is embracing new ways of doing business. Yeah, and as Theresa mentioned, obviously uh, getting guidance from a mentor is really important and Eileen is actually uh, one of our digital mentors and she works with a number of businesses across the county about how to bring your business digital and obviously the selling online was so important for businesses like Theresa's uh, and the other thing is obviously looking at technology in the trading online voucher scheme and obviously currently we're running the Be Local Online campaign and uh, look for local as well so we're asking people to very much look, look, look locally online but that required retailers to have an online website so over 
nearly 200 people have applied for that this year. Yeah, now Teresa, um, Kieran mentioned that he was very impressed with uh, with your plans. What are your plans for next year and how are you going to drive the business forward in, in such an uncertain time? Yeah, it's true. Um, we'd have to, what we have to learn in, with the business box um, and not before ever... Um, working online we, we would have mainly uh, would worked with advertising like with yourselves and with uh, the, the, the media print sheets as well and texting so it's opened my eyes a lot now when as regards going for this uh, word uh, e-commerce website so then then also then doing the three different courses with the Instagram and Instagram increasing our followers um, and hoping to drive people to our doors that way. We still want people to, we still want customers, like we don't, like of course we want that online, we want that huge online presence because I know people, what they do the first day will go online, they will check out all the different uh, things that are available and all the different products and also then it was great then to not, I didn't realise again about the search engine up uh, side of the business like trying having to have our business to get up there high in the Google search rating mm. and also then as regards to Facebook advertising we were doing Facebook advertising but I don't think I was doing it correctly I wasn't targeting my correct market um, we were putting money to the Facebook not realising that we were hitting the right people mm. um, and the, in the criteria that we want so th- this uh, uh money going forward the advertising will be just invaluable for us you know? yeah because it's all a blend we always say to people here it's a blend between traditional media such as radio and then the new types because uh, one one supports the other really and you can that's how you develop momentum yeah and I know I still will be doing more courses with the Enterprise Board uh, because uh, the, the Evan now from the marketing crowd that would have done the three courses with us he was absolutely so fantastic Um like speaking to everyone is making it so simple because you know yourself if you deal with web designers it can be quite technical and very i found it very difficult to understand before but now i really understand my own website and also then using the tools that are there for us like instagram facebook it's just made things so much simpler for me that's great, Theresa, and we look forward to uh, working with you and all the crew in furniture and design in the new year to getting your business rocking for 2021. Thanks to you, Theresa, and thanks, Karen. Yeah, and can I just, I just want to say one more thing. I want to thank all my loyal customers that I've had through the years. I really want to thank the customers that we're dealing with at the moment that are being extremely patient with us because it's been quite difficult getting furniture in and having it on time for people for Christmas. And we're still, we will still be working through next week to make sure that we will look after all these customers. And I, I just want to wish them all a happy Christmas and I want to wish everyone there in KCLR. And I also want to thank everyone again in the Enterprise Board there in Carlo. Thanks, Teresa. Thanks very much. Thanks, Karen. Last word to you. Thanks, John. Thanks a million. Thanks for everything during the year. And I suppose, as Teresa said, customers are so important and we encourage people to get out and uh, obviously look for local and be local online. And as we say, in case of law, and in the local enterprise office, shop Carlo. And that's been our message through the year. And we look forward to having another show with you in the Seven Oaks early in 2021. That's great, Kieran. Uh, look forward to that. Thanks to Kieran Comfort and to Teresa Brennan bringing us uh, to an end this uh, programme, the last edition of The Bottom Line in 2020. And the message is shop Carlo and shop Kilkenny and and support local. Remember, if you have any comments or ideas you'd like to get to us, you can email the bottom line at kclaura96fm.com.
KCLR's Bottom Line. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants, now offering a complete life and pensions advisory service to business. www.omf.ie